0: Hello, hello, my name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is a podcast. Today I have Marshall O'Leary from Richmond, Virginia with us. He is a music teacher. Marshall, why don't you tell us all about who you teach and why you're working from home?
1: I teach, why do I teach from home? Uh, (laughs) I teach uh, guitar, piano, and saxophone, uh, one-on-one lessons online and I've been doing it for the last three years because of the pandemic, uh, but uh, have realized that I enjoy being at home and uh, the online thing provides a few things that uh, being in person uh, doesn't. Uh, For one, it's easier to uh, make up lessons online than it is in person. I don't know what else to say about myself.
0: What do you mean by making up lessons?
1: Oh, so uh, a lot of times, um, kids in particular, actually, everybody's busy. So uh, things come up, and when uh, their soccer game happens at the same time as my music lesson, then uh, I just say, when do you want to reschedule? And we can move it, and I don't have to think about where th- uh, where I'm going to be in proximity to them and uh, mm-hmm. where they're going to be in proximity to me mm-hmm. in order to make that happen. So right. they just have to go home.
0: <laughs> I know before we started teaching, or sorry, before we started talking um, on the recording, before we started recording, you'd mentioned that before you used to actually travel to other people's houses. And so you, you had to count in all of your travel time in, in addition to the actual teaching time.
1: That's right. I, uh, I used to drive from house to house, and when I was doing that, I would have to think about how far the next lesson is going to be and how much time it's going to take to get there. And I would have to account for whether or not that was going to be worth the trip. And um, so if we relate that to making up lessons, then... <laughs> that becomes complicated, so then I would have to pull out my schedule and see if I'm in the area or if I'm not in the area, how far away it's going to be. And uh, so a lot of times I would end up driving more than I wanted to. So uh, typically it I would be driving between 15 minutes and a half hour between lessons and mm-hmm. that got to be, expensive. And I don't want to say it started, it started to wear me out. uh, All Mm -hmm. all of the sitting in a car. Uh, I love uh, listening to music while Mm -hmm. I'm driving. So that was cool. But. um,
0: So, how big is the Richmond, Virginia area? Were you seeing people all just in your city or like surrounding communities as well?
1: Surrounding communities. uh, I was doing basically two counties in a city. Sometimes it was it was crazy. Sometimes I was driving an hour to get to a lesson, and those folks I would charge extra for the travel time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and the, it would also have to be – the student would also have to be worth my travel as well, and uh, not to be rude, but if you're not going to practice and I'm going to drive an hour, then –
0: Neither one of us
1: are. Yeah. And I'm trying to enjoy my life and so are you. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not, you know, you're not enjoying what this, this process. So,
0: so we were actually on the receiving end of a traveling teacher for, I want to say two years. And I'm not sure if this woman is still teaching in person now or not, but it did get complicated when she would hit traffic. Um, or was she would get lost? She was an older lady. Um, or GPS wasn't working Mm -hmm. or her, you know, like she tried to fit in an extra lesson and the route got confused. Um, there were times that she actually came to her house two hours late (laughs) and that got That got disruptive for our family. And we ended up choosing a different studio for panel lessons that was just like a mile and a half away. And we could just drop off the kids and they would take lessons at the same time in different studios. And we would just all leave in a half hour and it was great. Um, Mm -hmm. But we liked the convenience of her coming to our house because at the time I was working um, from home during those hours. And so she would actually come to my home right as I was starting work. And so she mm-hmm. would teach my two kids and I could pop out and help if I needed to, but I couldn't like drive them anywhere because I was working, you know, weird second shift hour kind of, it was like 4 PM to 4 AM hours. It was like second and third shift combined. Um, and so when wow. that situation changed and I didn't have to have someone come to our house. Um, yeah. online my lessons is convenient. Like with the pandemic, actually we've had like every kind of sickness hit our family. <laughs> and we pay our, our lessons in advance and rescheduling is a pain in the butt. And so when we got strep and then COVID and now some barfing flu, our kids are just taking all the lessons online. Um, you yeah. know, we just tell the teacher, Hey, we're going to have to FaceTime it again. Um, otherwise we still have to drive. Right. So you have chosen to go hundred percent remote for teaching or are you still seeing That's any in right.
1: person? Uh, 100% remote. Uh, There was a a bit where I thought I was going to go back to in person. Um, We got uh, vaccines and so I thought we're going to be good to go here but then that went away and then I just felt like I just couldn't believe how much money I was saving. Ah. (laughs) not not driving around and then I got the more I was doing it the better I got at doing it and uh, that really helped me uh, enjoy it and having to come up with creative solutions for things like recitals uh, really made some lessons where they were ready Way better, uh, and I feel like in one lesson right now, in particular, it's collaborative almost. Where we are, and th- there's a video out there of, of us just having made um, uh, an Almond Brothers um, cover where she's doing her part and I'm playing my part and she sings too. So she has another little blip of her singing up there and it's it's just so cute and she's really good. And um, that's been very fun. And um, I'm trying to see if I can do more of that and maybe like write some songs with kids and get them to uh, play them with me. Cause uh, there's this one kid that actually we have written like three or four songs together and um they're uh clever and hilarious and uh, i i I really want to make a recording of them because they're i i don't even that's all i can say clever and hilarious because um they just kind of came out of me asking him questions about uh what he's what his day is or like something silly he was doing in the lesson
0: Oh, fun. So do you work primarily with youngsters?
1: Primarily, but I have taught uh, all the way up to uh, 65 years old. Oh, yeah. Um, She didn't want to continue online uh, because uh, technology is intimidating uh, for her. But um, I know other people that are not that way, you know, but... I it people, uh, for example. Um, So it's it's not. I don't think it's an age thing that limits people from um, not limits, uh, intimidates people from Mm -hmm. taking the lessons. I think it's just how comfortable they are with trying to operate the camera.
0: Yeah, mastering the technology is uh, definitely a learning curve. Um, I actually taught for three and a half, four years or so online, nice. three three years, um, English, English online with kids in China, uh, primarily China. There were some in other countries as well, but mostly China. And there is um, a little bit of a lag sometimes with the connection when you're especially traveling, you know, that far distance. Um, using the Ethernet helped. Um, but there are sometimes that trying to sing a song did make mm-hmm. it challenging when there would be like a little bit of like a half second lag. Do you experience yeah. that with your setup?
1: So what I've done to work around that is I put them on mute and I just play and let them play with me. And then after they do that, I'm like, now let me hear you play. Uh, back so then I don't have we don't ever have that you know but uh but uh but but which is Eggly. hilarious but also yeah like no we're not doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> um but also uh another thing that happens is the computer tries to figure out who's talking so it i'll start to play and then it will cut off anything that they're doing so then it will sound like uh, it well you know what that sounds like
0: oh it's almost like a noise cancelling microphone where it's trying to like mute them so that you can shine through
1: yeah so and uh, maybe there's a, a a way to work around that but the lag had just never made it feel like it was necessarily worth it to me maybe i'm using the wrong platform or something like that
0: yeah what platform are you using
1: uh google meet or facetime
0: okay Hmm. And I don't know if Zoom would be any better, honestly. Like, I think they all have their own. Can you, and I suppose you can adjust the view. Are you recording on Google Meet too?
1: Um, no, I ha- don't because of the age thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: so I just never uh, got into it for anybody. And that, that I just didn't, I, I felt like I would need to get permission from parents. You would,
0: then- Yeah. So if you were to ever, you know, do a collaboration with one of your minor students, you would need to get that permission. I don't know if Zoom would be a better platform for the recording part or not. There's certainly out there, there are platforms that work really well. Um, Oh, my goodness. Smule. Like, I knew a lady that would, like, sing with Smule a lot, but it's more of a singing and they do, like, auto correct however you call that autotune, <laughs> auto-tune. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that works out with instruments but um, but as far as like collaborating um, that can help people to kind of all get onto the same page what style of music are you teaching
1: um, mostly like pop or, or rock uh, stuff that's on the radio um, what I try to do is I try to That's not what I try to do. What I do is I ask uh, students what they're listening to, what they're into, um, you know. So uh, a lot of um, uh, Taylor Swift and One Direction gets played. um, And uh, Almond Brothers, like I mentioned before, there's this uh, same girl is into um, uh, Sturgill Simpson. So that's, you know, you got the country in there. So a lot of different styles. Um, as it, it, if I don't have a lot of uh, expertise in that style, maybe we're and they're more um, experienced player, then maybe I'll pass them on to somebody else. Okay. Um, but yeah, the uh, I've taught you know plenty of country songs and plenty of um, uh, blues stuff, Uh so
0: that's a big variety. I, I know the language of blues is very different from the language of country.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh ish ish. There's, there's an, all the American styles have massive overlap because they all kind of, uh, were born out of each other. So
0: that's fair. <clears throat> I was actually a music major back in the day, a long time ago. Mm. Um, but I only play piano and that was amazing and also very limiting because I didn't learn the wind or strings, instruments, none of them. So um, I literally never really played in the ensemble other than like a church group. So, mm. or a choir, it's just not the same. Uh, but I remember when I took a jazz improvisation class, it kicked my butt because I just didn't know those other scales. You
1: uh, know, yeah.
0: mixolydian or whatever they called them. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the modes are pretty weird to, to pronounce, but they're not. It's so funny. Some of these things have terrible names, and that's really all, all the problem with uh, learning music uh, sometimes.
0: So what is your favorite kind of music?
1: Uh, I guess jazz is my favorite. Um, my, But uh Indie rock is my second favorite, and then, um, like, old school R&B, like, uh, Aretha Franklin, James Brown time, that's that's number three.
0: And you play saxophone, too? Do you teach? Wait, I know you yes. teach guitar, but you teach saxophone and piano, too? That's right. What kind of mix do you have as far as um, students? Do you have, like, 30% of each, or...?
1: Uh, right now, I don't have any saxophone students, but um, I have the most I've actually had was three at a time. Uh, m- a lot of times, parents feel like it's enough that they're in band class, mm-hmm. and that might be enough, you know, for uh, instruction/slash fun factor for kids, but some kids want to. Uh, excel and those are usually the ones I get for saxophone the ones that are like I want to make all county band or Mm -hmm. uh, I want to get to be the first chair and those are that those are the ones that I I teach yeah Um, when our
0: when our kids entered um, a music program for their school they're in strings but I was told that the teachers prefer for them to have private lessons and so we sought out private lessons which is a commitment and a bit of a sacrifice it's expensive um find out that like only one other kid in the entire, you know, orchestra actually has private lessons and i was like what?
1: Oh. Um yeah. but
0: but then, you know, she really she really advanced fast. So oh, what were you going to say? Do you remember?
1: I don't. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so you go by Mr. Marshall Music?
1: That's the call i use for my yeah, my, or my brand uh for My business, but uh, that is because when I started at 26 or so, no, that wasn't that long ago. I think I was 30. I started teaching. um, I wasn't used to having to introduce myself as uh, Mr. O'Leary. I would just say, my name is Marshall, and the parents would be like, no. No. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Marshall is, is, is what we're going to call <laughs> Right. So then that was happening a lot. Uh, and so I just, I thought it was nice alliteration and um, double syllables. And I was like, that's, that's cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So. Mr. Marshall music. So actually you are Marshall O'Leary, but you like the sound of Mr. Marshall better than Mr. O'Leary.
1: Yeah, uh, well, uh, I thought it was good for the the thing. And, um, yeah, I I also feel like I don't have to re-pronounce my last name Mm -hmm. because I don't know why it's difficult for people to hear it. It's not Mm -hmm. hard to say once they get it, but Mm -hmm. when they first say O'Leary, it sounds, I guess, like... And so <laughs> right? I have to say it again and I don't I, I don't mind, but you know, I also just don't think of myself as Mr. O'Leary. I think of myself as Marshall, mm-hmm. but they want to think of me as Mr. Something. So yep. ta da.
0: It's kind of a southern thing, I think, in Virginia for the South. So um, you know, growing up in Minnesota, I felt more comfortable just using first names. But definitely in the South, like, no matter what, <laughs> the parents still yeah. exist, right? And Marshall is easier to spell for a lot of people. Um, I think with true the theory, I, I know when I talked to you, I was like, is it with an apostrophe or not?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <it laughs> My is. joke is that the Irish curse is not actually uh, alcoholism. It is the uh, apostrophe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Um, Okay, so talk about your home office, home studio setup. What do you have?
1: Okay, so I am in what we call the piano room. So there is uh, a piano uh, that way to my right. And I have a couple of guitars in here and my saxophone in this room. And that is quarantined off from the rest of the, <laughs> quarantined, uh, <it's, laughs> well it is kind of, so uh, there is some sound proofing on the outside of one door and the inside of another door and so that there's no uh, what they call bleed for when there's recording into uh, other things so that the studio can do uh, live recording in here but uh, what has been nice for me is that uh, when my friend comes over here to do other types of work, then my noise isn't as uh, bothersome for him. And um, we've also had people come and do recording at the same time while I'm teaching, and we haven't bothered uh, each other either. So that's been pretty cool. And then uh, I have two cameras. One is a uh, So when I'm teaching piano, I have one that kind of comes over my shoulder so you can see me and how I'm holding my hands from the side and my posture and all that. And then I have another one that goes over top so you can see what keys I'm playing if there's any confusion there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that uh, uh, camera also uh, is on a mic stand that spins so then I can... Put that in a position for when i'm teaching guitar so that i can do a close-up of either one of those hands and I, I use the computer to see me and then the second one uh is just uh for any type of close-up fingers stuff that i need for the guitar okay. um and so i can move myself to switch hands so it, uh yeah, it's not one for each hand. Although that sounds kind of cool. That
0: would be. <laughs> uh, in Google Meet, do you have to have multiple um, sessions running so that the camera feeds um, are? And in- how do you do that? Oh.
1: Um, there are. I switch. Yeah, that's why. I, that's my next level up is to get a camera switching uh, device, which I can just push a button and switch the camera. Right. Because right now I have to like click settings, click video. Pick the camera and close out the settings. And so uh, while sometimes that's just fine, that is also enough time to lose the attention of some students who are you know uh, younger, like let's say under uh, eight. Yeah, <laughs> and and so then I have to get their attention back, remind them what we're talking about, and then play again. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really my only right now my only challenge uh and uh that is not necessarily that big of a deal uh because sometimes what i do is i just skip that and i just jam my hands in in the one camera so that i can get their attention uh right. immediately
0: No, your audience right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: right totally
0: <laughs> um i i have seen a lady uh she she taught a bunch of like teacher entrepreneur type classes for um she was kind of a bigger thing a few years ago that I remember but um she had the fancy camera switching thing and it was very I have no idea how many thousands of dollars she may be invested in that setup do you know like what that stuff costs
1: um each piece of gear I feel like is uh, well microphones are your money so like uh, the, the cheapest decent microphone is gonna be $200. So, um, and I don't, uh, I'm not using the pro mics in the studio uh, yet because I want to make sure that they're still available for uh, people to record. I do have one that I'm, I, I, I'm trying to upgrade uh, my, my, se- my setup. Uh, here. I feel like
0: it's a constant, like a musician is never quite satisfied, right? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, gear. <laughs> gear is the devil sometimes because you really want to have uh, a a little bit better. Maybe this could be a little bit better. And um, yeah, so uh, if you're using um, nice mics, let's that could be a thousand dollars for for two nice mics. Um, I, I have a here. There are mics that are way more than that, and. Um, uh, I think you can get up, if you, if you really want something, I think you can spend ten grand on one mic. But I'm not uh, going to do that. And right. Uh, right. There are also replicas now of those $10,000 mics that sound so close. It's kind of like, why? And uh, that's another thing with technology in general, is uh, things have got, they've figured so much out that it's driven down the price of a lot of things that used to be like gatekeeping kinds of things. So um, anyway, uh, that switchy Maguga is I think $200. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the uh, cameras, you can get a couple of those for uh, I think 150 for two cameras, you know, like the Logitech style uh, things. Yeah. And uh, those are definitely good enough. Uh, and the, the compute, your computer might be a little bit more expensive, but you can also get something that's not, uh, so
0: I'm trying to find a thing that I wrote. Shoot. It's not in my, I thought it was like in a Facebook memory. I don't know where it went, but it was, um, something I wrote about my husband because I'm married to a musician too. Um, Mm -hmm. it was, I think that my husband had set up his record player in time to be able to listen to the band Thanksgiving album
1: mm-hmm.
0: a few years ago. And that listening to the albums made him, you know, it was like a, it was like kind of like, if you give him us a cookie, then all of the other things that happen, you know, like then it's going to want a glass of milk. Um, so I think listening to his record collection made him nostalgic and he pulled out some stuff from college and when he was in a band and then it ended up with him, looking at guitars online and then he ended up going to the guitar store <laughs> and you know, yes. like, it's just like one thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And then who knows how much money you just spend.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I see where you're going with that. I got yes. excited because I was like, he's getting into it.
0: <laughs> he was, he is. Yeah. He likes his, his music. He's got a pretty awesome um, album collection. I grew up under a musical rock and, um, so I never really was um, like, I didn't really know the classics, like the classic metal or the classic rock or the classic, whatever, anything. Um, there was a pretty big gap in my musical history, just cause I was, you know, I wasn't a classical and you just don't. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: well, I can sort of identify with that because my, after my freshman year of high school, I took some lessons with um, somebody with the James Madison University, and uh, he showed me he showed me my first jazz re- recording. And so I went out and bought uh, ten of those, and the rest of the time in high school, uh, that's what I was listening to. So all I missed me, out on it. jazz. Right. I missed out on uh, R.E.M. and Nirvana, et cetera, because Mm -hmm. I didn't care about anything but John Coltrane and Charlie Parker and all of the other ones that are.
0: I mean, there's time we can fill in the gaps of our repertoire, right? I do want to expose my children to more variety than I was exposed to just because when I did get to college and I wanted to do that jazz improv class. I didn't have that history of just having known those different sounds, the dissonance. I just didn't know it. And I want them to know that now. That's cool. So they're getting into classical music. Um, but the fun stuff like John Williams is classical, but also amazing. So, you know, yeah. if you can connect it to a movie, it helps.
1: it um, does help. So, Video games is another way to connect them to classical music too. Right.
0: So which, which ones would you associate with classical?
1: Uh, well, Star Wars. Uh, but uh, that's not always something you can do. But um, actually, any of the more uh, the older games, they all—I don't know if you would call them classical—but uh, there are uh, because they're written on. Uh, 8-bit or the they're they're written on a computer so um Mm -hmm. you have uh what's 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 the fighting game not 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 street fighter there are a a bunch of the that one is one and what is the one that I i know
0: i know my kids end up listening to video game soundtracks all the time as instrumental music like legends of zelda and, you know, Perfect. even like the Mario ones that are like put set to instrumental, it's, it's kind of beautiful. You just didn't know that it came from a video game.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, something called Giga Gargantua is pretty, uh, well, that leans on the rock side. But, uh, oh, there's something called Spear of Justice out there, which is uh, very on the classical side of things. Um, I wish I had uh, prepared something to say uh, on that, because I feel like that is a really interesting way of engaging.
0: It definitely gets the younger kids interested. Um, You know, I think one of our best piano teachers that we ever had, you know, would modify and, you know, write like a Star Wars something just because he had played Mm -hmm. the Lego Star Wars game and he was familiar with it. Even though I don't think he'd even seen the movies yet, you know, but just having that like got him interested and he'd pound it out. Um, So we were talking before we recorded about how you were listening to the most recent episode about the lady Mm -hmm. who's living in a school bus. And I'm curious, have you ever taught from the road before?
1: Yeah, I uh, used to drive from house to house. Uh, I mean, not in uh, the vehicle, you know, I would go into people's homes. But
0: have you ever done online teaching from the road?
1: Oh, no, that would be so cool. I would really be interested in um, being able to do that. I feel like I would need to have a full student load and a bit of a savings back up to start. Yeah, I guess like, you know, startup money to, 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 to do it. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I guess I just, um, the, the means with which I used to advertise for my current, uh, uh, I mean, my old way of uh, business are not as good for uh, my online business. Okay. So I'm I'm doing things differently, leaning more on actual social media than like things like um, uh, Thumbtack or uh, the like, because more th- more people look for in person lessons when they go that way, and I uh, haven't had as much success that way.
0: So, are you? finding that you have been able to expand your territory because you're online to places that are outside of Virginia
1: um not outside of let me think about that yeah I have but it's that's just that's just started so I have uh one person that is uh two hours away and still in Virginia but another person uh they live in Delaware. So while I feel like maybe it would be okay to change time zones to a certain degree, I think I live on, uh, uh, for Americans, Uh, I feel like I live on the wrong coast. (laughs) Because if I could go backwards, then it would fill up earlier times (coughs) in my day to get to there after school, after work times.
0: I'm trying to think though because like honestly, you know, depending on how you marketed, you could possibly even let me think about this. I'm trying to think of like Australia or Europe. Like if you were to teach in the morning, you'd be catch- catching kids after school. Um, in yeah. Europe, and what is it a six or seven hour difference?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it's six uh, to um uh, the, the UK.
0: I guess it depends on um, if you're a morning person or not.
1: Right. Um, so uh, that is an evolving situation currently. Actually, I'm trying to change myself to a <laughs> morning person.
0: Well, so like Which ten a.m. Is... ten a.m. for you might be. I don't know what the time difference is, but like after school, after school for right. a kid in Europe somewhere. So if you're hoping to to switch to fully online. That might be a way to expand. Are you aiming to work forty hours a week teaching, or is that too much? Because you, it sounds like you might be part of other ventures.
1: Well, uh, uh, so while I would like to uh, be able to teach, so it's it's hard to explain what forty hours of work is for a teacher, sort of, um, because there's things that I have to do in preparation. So everybody gets mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of course, uh, of
0: course.
1: So that, but for me. Um, I tried teaching 25 students at one time and I thought I, I just lost myself mentally. Right. Um, So 20 is my max. Uh, So, and 15 to 20 is uh, a nice sweet spot spot. for me.
0: Right. I think that my old roommate taught full time and that was 25 students and that was too much. And she never went back to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's 25 is, is, I, my goal was 30 because I thought, oh, well, then better I, can, better. <laughs> I can make, well, I thought I can make a, a nice living, you know, uh, and that would not be, uh, the worst, but, um,
0: I could see think- that only working if people were like literally steaming out the door, you know, and like walking in and you could just do each back to back to back to back to back, um, but yeah it's not then you don't have time to make notes you don't have time to build a relationship and that's like 15 you know 30 minute lessons
1: those teachers teach the same thing the same way to every student they don't they don't do a lot of variety or they are and i'm not symphony level uh player you know i'm i'm very good <laughs> I, but i think the ones who are um that level uh, can turn on a dime because they have so much of a, uh, a gift mm-hmm. that they can use whatever. However, I have noticed that some of those uh, uh, teachers, not all of them, uh, who are really great players are not great teachers because uh-huh. uh, they have lost uh, how they got to where they got.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah. they,
0: and playing is a different skill set than teaching.
1: Mm-hmm. It is. Better players are not always better teachers, but uh, good teachers can always get better by being a better player.
0: That's awesome. That is really good. So what does make a good student other than just literally putting in the time?
1: Figuring out what makes you practice. So if you need somebody to be there with you, like a focus mate, you... uh, need to set that up. Uh, I also think, and this is probably for, for kids, especially if the parent, uh, learns alongside, cause I've had a couple of parents that have, uh, gotten their kids to teach them how to play sort of, uh, at least for the first year, then, um, they don't feel like they're having to do something special that mom and dad don't have to do. Um, You know, like, why do I have to learn this? And you don't have to learn this. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, But uh, another thing is to have um, the instrument in a place that is easy to access, uh, where you don't forget about it. And you can have uh, quiet slash privacy. So... Some kids like to perform, that's true, but when you're trying to figure something out, it can feel strange to, it can feel like performance. So mm-hmm. you're, when you're practicing, you want that to be, or I like for that to be separate, um, unless I'm trying to get to some, you know, extreme level, like it's, uh, there's this um, teacher of mine told me that when she went to grad school, uh, the... Um, Practice rooms had a, uh, a a courtyard that was just for seniors, and all of the practice rooms had uh, floor-to-ceiling windows that all faced that. Uh, so you were always performing when you were practicing, and you were always performing in front of upperclassmen. And so, uh, getting used to that. You know, that just put a little bit of extra tension on you. So it was like running with leg weights kind of thing.
0: Oh, man, I would be terrified when I was in a music major at the university. I would wait until everyone else went home. And I think our practice rooms didn't, ha- didn't even have a window. I don't think maybe they did. Um, but I just don't want anybody to hear me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I that's that's what I prefer, too, when I'm practicing, because yeah. I don't want, I want to be thinking about what I'm working on and not what somebody else is thinking about what I'm working on. So there's not enough room up there for both of those thoughts.
0: (laughs) That's hard. Like, I I don't know how I would do with that that situation. I mean, that's truly for people that are in performance, though. That would be a good motivation. If I want people to hear me, I'll go play on the big grand piano in the choir room. Like, I'm ready for people to hear me. I'll go play there. But... (sighs) That's a lot of pressure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, if you are hanging out in the living room all the time, um, that's where the guitar should be. If uh, you do all of your homework in your bedroom, that's where the saxophone should be. Mm -hmm. If you are playing piano, then there shouldn't be 7,000 toys all the way around the piano. This should be a a direct path and inviting thing. That's like, Ooh, right. The piano. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, what I've, uh, realized, uh, through trying to find different ways of being a better teacher. And, uh, when I find something, which is songs, uh, when, uh, people are learning songs that they want to play, then they'll play. If they're having to uh, figure something out that is too hard or they can't relate to, then it's just not not worth it. So uh, I offer these things that are going to raise your level of technique or whatever, but I uh, don't really get into it until they are interested in really getting uh, a lot better or I don't make them feel like they didn't practice because they didn't work on the technique or theory or any of that kind of stuff. And if all week, all they did was practice the one song, I am way into that. I'm way into that. So that's uh, the, uh, for being a better practicer, it is not uh, uh, how much you practice and it is not um, the level of thing that you're practicing. It is the level of interest in what you're practicing that I think makes you the best practicer.
0: Yeah, I can see that really being a thing. Um, Another thing is just being able to collaborate at times. So like if you're actually going to get, and that's my best memory of my panel lessons. I actually took some lessons with my um, kids at that Mm -hmm. studio. We had like group lessons, but we got one-on-one time with the teacher. Um, But when we sit down and jam, that's Mm -hmm. like one of my happiest moments of my life is just jamming and playing Christmas songs with my teacher. So it is really exciting when you get into that groove and you can really go.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my favorite thing to do is to put on the recording of whatever we're working on. And we both play to that recording at the same time. And, uh, so the, there's this one, uh, a little girl who we learned uh, willow by Taylor Swift and that's our warm up so every time we come in to play that's the first thing we do is we turn that recording on and we both play to that uh, and then uh, right now we're learning cups so that's probably going to replace willow or maybe we're going to add that because my ultimate goal for her is to create a little mini set list so she can have like a performance uh, for her. Uh, friends or family or, 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 whatever, or just, you know, something so she can uh, do something when she sits down to the piano and, or somebody asks her to play or something.
0: Is cups the one that actually has the cup song, like the cup. Am I Right. Of the, okay. Yeah. 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 I learned that game when I was a kid and I didn't know there was a song <laughs> to go with it till way later in life.
1: And I, so- I think it's a, that they just wrote the song. Yeah. I think I think they wrote the song to did the go, cups yeah. game. Yeah. For um pitch perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had some friends who did like a bluegrass cover of it. It's pretty cool. Um so yeah, that cup song, that would be a world winner. Um so your your students uh like you because you customize the lesson for them. Is there anything yes. else that you offer that you feel like they might not be getting in their traditional lessons?
1: Maybe me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, because maybe, maybe I'm funny. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, I, 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 that's, that's the thing I lean on the, the most. So I hadn't really thought about other things that I, that they're not going to get in their. Um,
0: Were you able uh, well, to, go ahead.
1: Sometimes, all right, so I th- so in the guitar lesson, I can get a close-up of my hand. That is not me putting my hand in their face. Right, so they can get this view, right? So you can see exactly where I'm putting. And then for the piano, um, we're playing at the same time. So I don't need two pianos because we have oh. two pianos. Right. so then they so then I'm not playing it up an octave and then they're playing beside me or mm. or if they're playing through the whole using the whole piano then I'm also using the whole piano and so then we get to do those things uh, at the at the same time and uh, you're getting uh, you know a direct overview so you're not having to uh, step away from the piano or stand up and look at it or you know it's more, uh, I feel like more instant in the different that different view.
0: I can see that being advantageous. Can you tell me how you get the student to um, manipulate their camera so that you can see them? Do you have a parent on standby to make sure that you can see them or that they're behaving or anything like that?
1: So uh, it's re- I think it's a really good idea for the first three to four lessons that the parent, Uh, be there to see what's happening um, and see if there needs to be any sort of adjustments with the camera or whatever and to show the student how to make the adjustments if they're too young to figure it out. Right. So that it's not, because that has to get out of the way. Like we can't be thinking about what the camera's doing uh, or that will, uh, that brings the lesson to a a halt usually and uh, I don't want to become a piece of furniture, you know. I want them to, to to feel like, I want them to feel like I'm in the room with them. Plus, you know, so uh, uh, for them, there's a, so if it's a guitar lesson, that's pretty easy. Um, it just needs to be in front of you, and I need to be able to see all of the guitar and both of your hands. Okay. If that takes if that takes your face out of the thing, then uh, not as much. I don't want that. But you know, if we have to deal with that, uh, Mm -hmm. that's better than me just seeing your face. So uh, making sure that that is set up and how that gets set up and the parents saying, see yourself over there. That's what you need to see. Do you see what you're seeing? Do you know what, what, what is all in that? And they say, yes, then they, I'm like, well, tell me what you're seeing. So, you know, and I'd say uh, for a guitar lesson, I need to be able to see from uh, this stripe to this stripe and from this string to this string. And if I can't see that, then I I have a hard time helping you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, sometimes they'll say, sometimes the camera will get out of whatever. And so uh, they'll be like, so is it this to this? And I will have to say, I can't see your hand, so you need to fix that camera. And sometimes that will take... A few minutes um but uh usually for guitar and uh all, saxophone is never difficult i feel like i've actually taught uh, lessons just with the phone like no uh no visual at all um,
0: oh oh really just audio
1: just audio and um th- so i thought um well this is interesting because most of what happens with the because the But that was after we had, this is how you hold your hands. This is where your fingers go on the saxophone. Because once you get that, it's a lot easier on that particular instrument because you don't move them. Okay. Uh, I mean, you don't change positions like
0: Like you you do with piano. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then when we, after we finished talking about our embouchure, how you hold your mouth and, uh, and you know how to put it together reads all, all that uh stuff would, that you need to see
0: would it be like in a pinch like hey i still need to want i want to have my lesson but i don't have my camera can we just do a phone call
1: yeah uh my last student uh it's all summer lessons were uh this last summer were all just phone call lessons because she was in uh, a remote area and her internet connection was so, I mean, terrible. it was like, yeah, it was so funny because it was so pixelated and laggy that uh, it wasn't possible. So it the phone possible. was better. Yeah. So the phone was better. So I would play, she would play, then we try to play together. It was That's
0: really good to know um, that that's an option and- There are times, like even English lessons, that if you only have audio, it's better than nothing. And Mm -hmm. once you get used to each other, it is possible to step back and not have to have the camera. Um, Were you able to retain any of your former students from before when you went around to everyone's house?
1: I retained a lot of them. Good. Uh, Yeah, I I have. I, I wanted to tell you how many I still have. One, two, three, four. Oh, that's that's better than i thought uh so am i missing somebody four that's what i still have from three years ago
0: that's good and
1: i had been teaching them also for three years prior so uh you know usually the retention rate i've heard from other music students is from one to three years i'm not music students music teachers mm-hmm. is one to three years And so, and mine has always been uh, my, my minimum, not my minimum, but my average is uh, three to seven. Um,
0: That's awesome. You've been teaching for a long time though, right?
1: Yes. uh, But I think that. My, my mom was a teacher, and my grandmother was a teacher, and I think my aunt was a teacher, lots of teachers in my family, so I think I've been taught how to teach from a very young age, mm-hmm. so it was a very uh, natural thing for me, and I'm starting to wonder if my uh, ADHD has caused me to be a better teacher because I've had to look for Without really knowing this, uh, I've had to look for a lot of workarounds because my diagnosis was uh, last year. So oh, I wow. didn't. Yeah, I didn't really know. Uh, I mean, I went to get diagnosed at 19, but they thought it wasn't that. So uh, I've just been. Anyway, my first lesson was easy. Uh, the mm-hmm. very first lesson I taught was like, "Oh, I know exactly how to help you."
0: Nice, huh. nice.
1: And well- that's it.
0: They say, like, with the ADHD, it really, I mean, like, creativity and ADHD go hand in hand. So figuring out the workarounds, it sounds like you were compensating, you know, at a younger age that it was masking.
1: That's, pro- it's, that's probably true. Um, uh, sometimes I still have trouble with the uh, diagnosis because the symptoms overlap uh, so many other types of things. Um, and so, uh, and because I had gotten that one that wasn't, that said I wasn't, Mm -hmm. that was very confusing, but the longer I, you know, uh, am with it, the more I feel like it is true and it has, uh, helped me see things about myself like this thing we're talking about now that, uh, I really didn't realize that we're a part of it.
0: I think that it makes sense that you are teaching multiple instruments too, because then you have that variety.
1: Oh, that's very true. Um, <laughs> I also want to teach more instruments, but I don't know the other ones. I, I'm like, I would like to, I actually would like to learn all of them.
0: But, oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn them first and then I can teach them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I just think that everything has its own fascinating, different character means of play and a way of fitting into uh, a group and uh, obviously its own voice.
0: My dad learned a lot of instruments, but never with formal lessons. It was always by ear. But what he could play, he played extremely well and is amazing. I I see here that you're also part of a band. You want to talk about that for a minute?
1: Sure. Uh, Glass Twin is the name of it. It is a. I tell people it's a psychedelic indie rock band, but I don't know how psychedelic it is. And also when I say psychedelic or if they hear psych and rock, then they start thinking of certain things that are not us. So the other way that I describe it and not to be too highfalutin, but... Uh, if you put Pink Floyd in your mind and Radiohead in your mind, then you are in the right place like your 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 brain is going to be able to picture what we sound like
0: <laughs> I like it and, and then go ahead
1: We're not as good as Pink Floyd and Radiohead maybe maybe we are I don't know but uh, a little humbleness is required
0: <laughs> do, you, do you cover those bands?
1: Um, we have done a pink floyd cover or two and i would like to do some radiohead covers but uh there is a general philosophy in the band that it seems ridiculous to cover a band that is still playing
0: ah that's fair but is that a tribute to radiohead behind you there
1: yes this is okay computer i think yeah i think that's from that album
0: oh nice Um, is that the one where they had the oh wait thinking of something different totally different
1: that's
0: (laughs) okay okay um so and then you have this recording studio you talked about a few times that is a third income stream you've got the band
1: oh yeah no not for me uh it's uh it maybe it will be but i am not a recording engineer yet um so it's a recording and not it's an income stream for uh uh, this house.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what you mean by that.
1: Um, so the, my friend who owns the house has uh, people coming in here to record. And so he charges them to ah, uh, record here. And good. I don't, I don't pay to teach here because I live here. So nice. I paid to live here.
0: Okay. Okay. That's fair. And so you have I'm assuming a bedroom and then your, your studio.
1: Right. So, um, and which is also part of the, uh, recording studio because there's a, a bass amp in here and an organ in here, which is a second organ, but anyway, um, and then the the piano. So if anybody wants to use like a real piano that this, they would come in here to do that. And if they need the amp, they want like more ambient sound in their bass sound. Then uh, I would need to uh, go teach out of my bedroom, which is okay. not really difficult. I have that. Um,
0: so that's your like, backup plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is a recording studio in the house that you live in. Mm-hmm. Do you also record there?
1: Yeah, I do. I, uh, we have made a whole bunch of stuff out of here that needs to be released but the pandemic slowed that up uh, and because it's hard to um, get a committee consensus on what needs to happen with that when we're uh, over email. You know, like, all right, guys, we put this down. What do you think needs to happen? So then everybody, we do that. All right, guys, what do you think now? Duh, 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 discussion, discussion, discussion. So this is like so, a
0: reply all email thread that's happening?
1: Yeah. And so after a while, that got to be kind of less fun.
0: <laughs> you might uh, need to work on a different, um, like, app or something for that communication.
1: Yeah. Uh, the um drummer is our also our main songwriter and singer and his um his wife is always like app try this app have y'all tried this app because um she's (laughs) a big social media person Mm -hmm. so uh, she knows all of the productivity apps
0: yeah that might help um revitalize that conversation a little bit but i can see how that would be an ongoing thing um Sorry, and so you're talking about teaching from your room as a backup. Have you ever taught outside of your home, like oh, I need to make up a lesson, but I'm going to be across town, or I'm oh, yeah. visiting My, mom or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. My mother uh, broke her ankle, and I needed to stay with her for oh no, I don't know three months. And yeah, so and it, it wouldn't have been uh, as long, uh, but she has a dizziness thing. So I I just, I didn't know if she would be, she was an extra fall whisk. So uh, I just talked from her house.
0: Mm -hmm. Is she local to you or did you have to travel?
1: uh, She's local. She's 20 minutes away.
0: Does she have a piano?
1: She does, but it's terrible. Uh, And I just had to deal with that. Hmm.
0: Uh, I was wondering if you have like a portable.
1: I do, but I just haven't figured out it is what's called a midi controller and so that means i'm using the computer to make the sound and so when that happened it wasn't coming back in to to for the student to hear i can see that
0: being yeah i I always um, played on like an electric keyboard for the church band that I was part of, but Mm -hmm. other people always set it up for me. Like literally the setup was done by other people and I never had to worry about that. So I was, you know, just the little pianist who'd walk in and just, yeah, (laughs) 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 definitely. And I can see now like, you know, how, how much work that is actually getting it all correct.
1: Well, the, for me, the work of setting it up uh, to play at a show is not very difficult, but I couldn't figure out how to get it, the sound to come back in to head back out. I thought I could hook it up with a speaker, but I was just trying to take care of my mom at the time and right. didn't want to think about, like, gear.
0: So that would uh, be uh, another challenge for another day. But, like, if you ever were to try to teach from the road, something you would probably need to figure out, right?
1: Yeah, and uh I think I would just get something that's freestanding with its own speakers. Okay. Uh and I do have something like that in uh my bedroom, but it's um not a great thing to play on. But m- right now most of my piano students are not at a level where I would need something uh super fancy and a lot of times When I'm trying to show them something, I'm not showing them uh, a pass on the keyboard that requires all 88 keys.
0: Ah, mm -hmm. I have a brother who's looking at going into travel nursing, and he Mm -hmm. was asking me about piano, because he wants to learn piano. Um, And I'm like, just get a weighted keyboard, 88 keys, um, that you can put on a stand. So Not something that has its own, like, structure, something that you can just put on, like, a I don't know. It always reminds me an of an X stand. Yeah. I already There we go. X stand. That's what you need. Um, Cause you can throw that in a van and, and yes. get around.
1: You can also not get the full size and get weighted. So you could get like 76 or 60 something. And I then, mean,
0: you don't always need um, all 88, but they're nice.
1: Oh yeah. But in in a van, you're trying to throw something in yeah. a van. It would be nice to not have the, the whole, uh, Because I know about putting a whole 88 key keyboard in the back of a van.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: Your case doesn't always have to be the biggest thing, but I felt like when we have 88 and it's a special thing, then you want to protect it more Mm -hmm. um, and not use like a soft case or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's bigger.
0: So what is one of the biggest challenges from teaching from home that you've overcome?
1: Getting the technology out of the way, having people. So, you know, I, I made a video of myself, of my setup, uh, explaining what their setup needs to be. Now mine is fancier than what theirs is going to be, but it was basically, I need this angle and you need you need this angle so if you have one thing if you have a phone that's cool but if we're playing piano and i'm just seeing your face that's not cool so you need some way to angle the the phone so that you can look at it and um i can see what you're playing as well Mm -hmm. So, so that I don't know if that's the biggest because I feel like it's tied with being able to um, uh, find the students who want to teach online because what happened during the pandemic was a lot of online learning and a lot of that was classroom. And a classroom setting is extremely different than Mm one-on-one. And so when you're in a sea of windows on a Zoom call, then your laptop turns into a piece of furniture and, or your tablet just becomes you know something that you can zone out from mm-hmm. and so if I in uh, so trying to convince uh, parents that it's different uh, that has been right my biggest challenge
0: well or just that all the people that got worn out on the online learning for schools school, yes most yeah. of those students are back in person unless they're homeschooling at this point or part of like a pod school um so now you're trying to find the people maybe who are remote or who um remote as in like in a rural area remote yeah um who who couldn't just pop off or to the teacher's house for a minute you know so um I guess just as marketing to a very different group of people
1: it is Um, and so I have not until recently (laughs) had to change my marketing strategy. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I want to make sure that I'm getting students that are ready for being taught online. Yeah. I, and I've been able to convince, uh, people uh that the online experience is is good uh and some some places better uh than the in-person experience and so i don't enjoy convincing people
0: you want them to find Uh, you
1: (laughs) uh well right I, i i want i want them to know what they're they're getting into You know, if I get a referral from a a friend who's like, hey, I heard you teach piano lessons. Um, This is my blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Where are you located? I'm like, I'm located on the internet. So... And then when they hear that, they're like, oh, well, I feel like I learned better in person. And so then I'm like, well, maybe that's true, but this is one-on-one and you should give it a try. And then we give it a try and they're like, well, this was fun, but I would think I would really benefit from blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you are probably right. And But then other people that I've convinced, they're like, oh, well, this is actually great. And I didn't have to get in the car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or people that are, you know, have severe allergies or, you know, maybe social anxiety might do Mm -hmm. better with in-person online classes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, how can people find you if you, if someone is listening to this and they're like, no, I totally prefer online and this guy looks cool. How can they find you?
1: So... My website is Mr. Marshall music.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook at Mr. Marshall music on YouTube at Mr. Marshall music. And my, uh, email is Marshall at Mr. Marshall music. And on Instagram, I am Marshall O'Leary and I'm looking to rebrand all to Marshall O'Leary. And that is, uh, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-O-L-E-A-R-Y. So there's the no apostrophe,
0: apostrophe on Instagram. Just a correct Yes. Okay. So look for him either under Mr. Marshall Music or Marshall O'Leary and you will find him. That's Depending on when you're listening to this.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So any suggestions for someone who is thinking about teaching online for the first time?
1: Um get two cameras or get a camera to use in addendum, addendum, in addition to the one that you have on your laptop or tablet and uh, practice how you're going to be set up with a friend and You figure out which platform you want to use and get into that platform. Uh, The other thing that I would uh, recommend is um, what I just was talking about. Look for students that want to learn from a teacher online.
0: There you go. And any general advice for someone who's thinking about working from home for the first time?
1: General advice. Um, If you're living by yourself, then I think uh, you might only have to think about uh, your neighbors if you're in an apartment. And if you are sharing a space, then that is something you're going to have to discuss with the people you live with.
0: Especially if you have a noisy occupation like music teacher.
1: Yeah, that is definitely something you're going to have to consider, especially if somebody else, uh, they are working from home. Also, that discussion needs to start happening and needs to be an ongoing
0: discussion. So just to go way back to something that you mentioned at the very beginning, you said that you have sound barrier of some sort on the doors that are in the both of the doors that are in your room um, where you teach from what kind of sound barrier are you using on these doors? Because I have had a lot of people ask about how do I soundproof the noise of my kids so that they're not bleeding into my meetings.
1: Okay, well, so this isn't uh, perfect. And unless you're totally, unless there's no, totally sealed off, you're not going to lose all of it. But I'll tell you what's happening in here is um, there are, some things that got built <laughs> um i, I can kind of so this thing right here is got like uh bought some sound boards and then wrapped them in this pretty gray thing and then uh put these uh one by fours uh on top of them and my friend built these because you know this is his studio and this was to block out the sound from the bass heading over to the um, uh, neighbors. Uh, <laughs> but on the doors, uh, let's see. Well, that's kind of the same stuff, but that's been wrapped in, uh, uh, so a lot of times uh, music studios or uh, people that were starting home studios uh, will ge- be getting rid of their sound proofing stuff. So uh, you can buy that and cut that out and then uh stick it to your doors and so that's that's what happened there but um blankets uh and uh so you know if you or like you or quilts those are really good uh dampening stuff and uh carpets so um, so like
0: something that's easily accessible would be like a thick blanket
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what is the difference between that foam stuff that you see that helps like with the bouncing sounds versus Mm -hmm. like actual deadening sound so thick versus foam
1: so uh the it's it's kind of like a combination of air and uh not air (laughs) so so like it if it's too thick too dense then it creates a reflective surface Mm. so Um, but you can also have, so, you know, you can have something that's like six feet thick and it just be hard as rock and that's going to bounce off that. But you can also have something that has a more of a a fluffy quality, but sometimes you can have it be too fluffy and that doesn't absorb enough sound.
0: So a combination Uh, of the two, like if I had like some foam panels and a heavy blanket, which one would I put against the door and which one would be facing into my room?
1: Uh, so you would want the foam on your door because that is going to be more absorbent because the blanket's not gonna be uh, enough material.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, I, I, another thing that um, uh, the, the, is happening in the control room, where the, the mixing and the, the speakers are pointed at your face and you're trying to uh, figure out what sounds great on your record, um, is there is stuff on the ceiling. So um, that makes it just so dead. So if you have a carpet and you hang some stuff from your ceiling and you put some stuff on your, on your doors, you're probably going to uh, forget that you have children. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, there are like clippy-type things that you can buy that uh, will grip onto this. What do, you, what do they call it? Um, not phone uh, uh insulation a- anyway and then the, those clips that you, you nail those to your door and then you can hang those things on that okay because uh, i was
0: gonna ask how do you actually because you can't just throw the blanket over the door because it won't shut then so you called it nap phone or nat phone foam
1: oh uh no uh just some sort of insulation is what i was trying to say a,
0: a clip that's specific yeah, for uh, hanging things on
1: yeah, uh, because they have um, sharp points on them that come out, and so basically it's just a sheet of metal with with the pointed things that that the uh, foam will grip onto, or the insulation will grip onto, okay. and Good. then so and that's at an angle, so then it kind of slides into into place on the door.
0: Well, I feel like that information about how to cover the door is general for everybody because just about everyone who works from home, not everyone has a door to close, actually, um, mm-hmm. but many people suggest having a door to close and then how the heck do I keep the sound <laughs> in or out of it? So thank you for that.
1: It's got, right. Yeah, you, you got to get it sealed. Like, you know, it's got to just be tight and that's how you're going to stop like, it. And
0: roll door. a towel Against the floor so that it covers that little gap at the bottom of the door.
1: Yeah, that's a really easy way to do it. You can also get um, old socks and fill that with stuff and Ooh. you can put that up against the door.
0: Kind of like and, we uh, used to do when we lived in a drafty house to keep the cold air out.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use
0: it for the sound. That's good to know. Well, good. Maybe maybe some of those um, devices that we use for keeping the cold drafts out will also work for sound. Okay. Yes. Marshall, any final thoughts before we head out?
1: Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? I think everyone should play music. That's my final thought. And everybody can.
0: Well, you can teach how to play guitar, saxophone, and piano. So if you need lessons, find Mr. Mr. Marshall Marshall Music. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you so much, Marshall. I appreciate it. And this is April Malone with Marshall O'Leary, and we'll see you next time.